Hi, welcome back to the Only Cure for Borderline Personality Disorder podcast. I'm Shamala Del Rosario. I'm 54. I'm a wife, mother, grandmother, and I've lived with borderline personality disorder for my entire life. I used to be convinced that there was something fundamentally wrong with me and that I was unfixable. But from the moment I stumbled across Brian Barnett, my misperceptions began to unravel. I strongly suggest that you do subscribe to The Last Symptom Podcasts. And as I continue to do the inner work to root out the underlying subconscious core belief that my feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth and therefore so am I, I'll be using this podcast platform to share my insights and thoughts. And just to be clear, these are my personal experiences and insights. I'm not qualified in any field of emotional or mental health and anybody that chooses to listen is responsible for their own thoughts, feelings and actions. Hi, I hope you're all well. Thank you for listening. It means a lot. It really does. You know, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a review. That'd be really, really great. I'm so tired, you know, but in a really, really good way. I pick up my two-year-old grandson every Wednesday morning and have him until Thursday tea time. I also look after my three-year-old granddaughter on Sunday and Monday afternoons and all day Fridays. So they certainly keep me on my toes and I absolutely love it. A few years ago, I didn't think I'd ever be trusted with them. But working on myself really has changed my life and it can change yours too. Anyway, let's get on with today's episode. Does speaking up feel like a chore? Do you wish people could read your mind so that you don't have to actually express your feelings? Do you think that people should just know when they've done something to hurt you? You know, the reality is that human beings are not mind readers. You actually have to say the words, hey, what you said or did hurt me. Even when you'd rather keep quiet and protect yourself from all of the emotions. So if you think that not speaking to someone for days on end is normal, it isn't. Yet silence can be used in a productive manner, like during a cooling off period. But prolonged periods of unresponsiveness are not normal or healthy. Cooling off is actually used as a constructive way of finding a solution to problems that you and another person may be having. Maybe you had an argument with your partner or family member and you may be too angry or or upset to speak to them. You may need some time to reflect and gather your thoughts. That's perfectly normal and it's not necessarily being done to punish them. It's used to give you both time to calm down and to think rationally about what you want and if the disagreement is worth sacrificing your relationships for. So taking time out can be healthy if done in the correct way and with the correct intent. You do it to save the relationship and not jeopardise it. You don't do it to punish or hurt. The effects of emotional abuse are often underestimated. The silent treatment doesn't leave easily identifiable physical evidence in the way that physical abuse does, but it is intimidating behaviour that breaks down someone's self-esteem and self-worth and undermines their emotional health. Just because you can't see the damage being done doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. 
The pain of social exclusion, like being ignored and ostracised, can be relived far more easily and triggered much more often than the pain suffered by a physical injury. Adopting the role of peacemaker, continually reaching out and trying to make amends, apologising repeatedly, feeling so insecure in your relationships that you develop a fear of abandonment. It's a soul-destroying experience. I had a genuine fear of confrontation and preferred to avoid it at all costs because it made me feel uncomfortable. The silent treatment was my way of enjoying a peaceful life, although there was nothing peaceful about it. Burying my head in the sand, I wasn't resolving any problems, but was building up more and more feelings of resentment. In truth, I didn't have the necessary skills to deal with anybody in a constructive way. I've been on both sides of silent treatment. I've been the person that used silence as the weapon, and I've also been the person being stonewalled with it. Have you ever given someone the cold shoulder? Or has somebody given you the silent treatment? I mean, this can include completely refusing to talk, avoiding particular discussions, not answering calls, texts or messages, acting as if you're not in the room, completely ignoring you, withholding love and affection, treating you as if you're invisible or dead. Is it usually done whenever there's an argument or disagreement? Instead of talking things through, clearing the air, reaching a compromise or apologising, talking just stops for a few hours, days or even months. Do you think that the silent treatment is just a convenient way of opting out of a conversation that you don't want to have? It felt good to ignore my partners when I felt slighted. But I can see now that giving somebody the silent treatment is a very, very subtle form of manipulation. I couldn't calmly resolve difficult situations, so I resorted to unhealthy behaviours like punishment, manipulation and control to get my way or to deal with the situation. That had cost me many, many, many relationships. Whether you realise it or not, it is a punishment. It is emotionally abusive. It is toxic. I was emotionally immature. I wanted to avoid conflict because it overwhelmed me. I didn't know how to resolve it. I was afraid of being vulnerable. It was uncomfortable. Being vulnerable meant that I couldn't predict or control what was going to happen if I shared what was bothering me. I was afraid that if I said something and opened up about my feelings, it would make the person want to leave or negatively change that relationship. I'd feel like I was losing control and I felt that I had to take it back. <laughs> Enter the silent treatment. The silent treatment was my way of telling my partners that they'd done something wrong. As a consequence of this, I refused to acknowledge or communicate with them. I tried to induce feelings of powerlessness and shame. This is passive-aggressive. It's emotional abuse.
what I was doing was causing distress. Being ignored and excluded threatens a personal a person's emotional needs of belonging, the self-esteem, control and meaningful existence. I was letting them know that they'd done something wrong and as a consequence they were being punished, denying their feelings and needs. They rarely knew what they'd done. And if a partner tried to work through any conflict, it made me feel more in control. The more they tried to reach out, the more self-righteous I became. I'd got utter contempt for every message, telephone call or text message that I received. My sense of control was derived from maintaining silence. I knew that dialogue wouldn't, wouldn't recommence until I felt that they'd been sufficiently punished for their misdemeanors. misdemeanors. And many times they'd be oblivious to what they were supposed to have done. But they'd apologise anyway. I wouldn't accept responsibility for my actions. I didn't consciously know that by ignoring them, I was devaluing their very existence and making them feel insignificant. But you know, it's unreasonable to expect other people to interpret our silences. Have you ever rejected an an attempt to initiate a conversation, such as avoiding eye contact or staring straight through them? Were you trying to make the other person feel invisible and insignificant? By resorting to silence and withdrawing from their lives, I was demonstrating my utmost contempt for them. You know, I refused to enter into any form of meaningful dialogue, becoming emotionally detached and distant, ignoring the other person's very existence, withholding information, making them feel like an outsider. Yeah, you know, the silent treatment is definitely a control move. It's not necessarily abusive to want some space sometimes. But it is abusive, though, to never set terms for when discussions can be opened again or to use silence as a weapon to hurt another person. Some people withdraw because they feel hurt or they're sulking, but I use silence to keep others in their place. I'd become enraged if I thought somebody challenged my authority or disrespected me in some way. Constructive criticism, it didn't exist in my mind. I wanted to ask you, did did you grow up with parents that yelled or screamed at the top of their voices? Or did your parents refuse to address any disagreements at all? Is the silent treatment something that happens in your family, with other family members too, whenever there's a fallout or, or a disagreement? Have you just accepted it as a family trait? Perhaps you're just used to it and maybe even expect it from time to time. So you just try not to let it bother you anymore. I've inflicted the silent treatment on all of my adult children as a response to them confronting me about an issue or them asking me to take responsibility or them trying to assert a boundary or saying no to me or them doing something I didn't want them to do. 
or them not doing something that I thought they should do. Sometimes I'd tell them that I wasn't talking to them. Sometimes I'd just stop all communication with them until, it, until eventually they realised that all usual contact from me had stopped. I behaved this way when they were very young children, all the way through to adulthood. I had to be in control at all times. I didn't like it when they tried to assert a boundary, say no, or try to have their own mind and do things their own way. Giving the silent treatment was my go-to tactic. But it was extremely painful for them. They'd do anything to make it stop. Retreating and becoming submissive. This put me back in control and it gave them the clear message to stay in their place if if they wanted to have a relationship with me. I was self-absorbed and got stuck in my own emotions. I was too focused on my own experience of the situation and couldn't empathise or really be there for them, so I pushed them away. I was oblivious to their pain or how my actions were hurting them. I didn't look inwards and so I blamed my negative feelings on them instead of taking responsibility for my actions or how I felt. Now I know that giving my children the silent treatment was emotionally abusive. I was withdrawing myself from them, leaving them without a parent. This left them feeling abandoned, unloved and isolated. It caused them to believe that if my own mother can turn her back on me and walk away from me so easily, then I must be worthless. They were desperate for love, affection, attention and validation. I mean, they also assumed that later friendships and romantic relationships would be rejected and abandoned at some point. It left them feeling tremendously frustrated when I shut down and refused to talk to them about things that were important to them, causing them to feel abandoned, rejected, powerless, unwanted and frustrated which, as you know, brings with it a sense of feeling unloved and being unlovable. Knowing that their mother cared so little caused them to feel completely worthless. You know, this has had a devastating impact on their self-esteem and self-worth. Often they were desperate to restore the relationship and sometimes, well, often, ended up begging me to talk to them and even apologising when they hadn't done anything wrong. They knew that at any moment I could just easily withdraw from them again. They had to modify their behaviour to make sure they didn't upset me. I was using manipulative behaviour to control them. I gave them a clear message to behave the way I wanted or lose me. I know from personal experience how difficult and painful the silent treatment is from parents. It's taken me a long time to learn that my children didn't deserve to be treated that way. And I really hope that you know that you didn't deserve to be treated that way either. 
ask, ask yourselves if you really want to be in a relationship with somebody that refuses to discuss issues or resolve conflict or try to help you feel better. Being heard and seen is one of our basic human, basic needs as humans. Acknowledging someone's feelings not only validates their experience, it creates space for a deeper, honest conversation. Getting over the silent treatment isn't particularly easy or pleasant, but it's work worth doing, it really is. Not only will it help you become a better communicator, it also helps you build a relationship based on trust and healthy communication. Emotional intimacy really is so, so important. Well, that's it for me for today. I do hope that you all have a great week ahead. And thank you so much for listening. And as ever, please do continue to like, comment, share and subscribe. And as I said, if you could leave me a review, that would be really, really great. And hopefully we'll speak again soon. Bye.